Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for joining Life Point. I'm Pastor Tom Doherty, and I'm glad to be able to share with you. You know, our legislation season has started, and I, a lot of you know that I'm the chaplain for the House of Representatives, and I want to tell you something. This has been the best start in years and years and years. We have so many solid people in that in the House of Representatives. The new people are wonderful. The old people who have been there for a while are wonderful. The attitude has been sensational. And you know what? I've been able to share Scripture and, and prayer, and it's been so well-received. I've enjoyed this year more probably than any other year in, in all my years. And, and I'm excited to find out that they have a uh, prayer time at 7 o'clock on Wednesdays and Thursdays for, for the Senate side and for the House side and a bunch of the uh, representatives and senators go. It's for them. It's for the representatives and senators. And how neat is that? Prayer is becoming more vital and so important. And we need to continue to submit ourselves to God. And you pray that God gets a hold of each of us in our lives and God leads our state and leads our nation that we see God promoted and not compromised. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for all the listeners today. Lord, they've been so good that they're faithful in listening. And Lord, open their hearts and their minds to your truth. And Lord, may they follow you. May they not be critical of folks, but be loving, forgiving, and preaching and teaching God's word. Bless them, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I was looking at James chapter 4. James is one of my favorite books, and you hear me now and again talk about favorite books, and James is one of them. You've heard me speak a lot out of James over the years. But as I was looking at chapter 4, I wanted to read you a few things and and talk about it, and then we'll continue tomorrow also in James. What causes fights and quarrels among you? <laughs> you say, what? There's a lot of things that cause fights and quarrels among you. You know, he's, he's talking to the listeners and people saying, look, guys, what causes these things? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You want something, but you don't get it. You kill and you covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and you fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. Because what he's telling us here is this. James is saying we are a selfish, selfish people. Do we pray with the right motives? There will always be some selfish elements in our prayers, probably. In spite of this, God graciously hears and answers us when we pray. But if our requests center on ourselves rather than on God's purposes, God refuses to hear and answer. If he granted such a request, it would compromise his integrity and our spiritual walk. He says, you do not have because you do not ask. When you ask, you do not receive because, listen to this, folks, because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. When we call upon God, we need to call upon him and recognize that, hey, we need to ask him uh, to help us, ask him to give us wisdom and about things that are going to help the kingdom of God and help the things of God, not selfishly about us. Then he goes on, he hits these folks very hard. He says, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred toward God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. 
Or do you think Scripture says without reason that the Spirit he caused to live in us envies it intensely, but he gives us more grace? That is why Scripture says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. You know, James' strong words you know, seem to contradict John's. So God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, you know. But when the world uh, you know, offers humanity, we ought to love love it as God loves people. But when the world means the, the uh, prevailing attitude of hostility toward God, this is wrong, and we should respect that. If we're tolerant about such attitudes against God, we open ourselves up to spiritual danger, and we do. We gotta be so careful in our lives. He says, you adulterous people, you're choosing to be a friend of the world. We're living now in, of course, this woke world where they're justifying everything. They want everything their way, and there are no laws, no no substance in life. Just do as you want. It is it is like a end times uh, prophecy, it feels like. is You know, the, we're just going down a one-way street to hell. And folks, we have got to wake up. People, you've got to stand up. And if you're younger, listen to this. You say, well, I kind of buy onto that. Get off it. Get over it. Live by the word of God. Stand firm on the promises of God. This world's going to pass away. And my friends, you better be ready to meet the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You know, don't play around with your salvation. If you don't know Jesus right now at this very moment, say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I want to walk with you from this day forward and make a step to walk with him every day. Ask him to guide you and direct you and to lead you. And as I say many times, if you stumble, get back up again. Keep going and keep running towards the prize of the high calling that God has called you, as Paul had said in his passages. Submit yourself, verse 7 says, submit yourself then to God. Submit yourself to God. Give yourself to God. What are you doing to give yourself to God? Then the next three words says, resist the devil. Resist him. He is going to throw darts at you. He is going to try to get you to do things and justify it. He's going to try to get you to justify what you're doing. When you're living wrong, when you're living in sin, you know it, folks. You know when you're living in sin. Turn away and run. Resist the devil, and the Bible says, and he will flee from you. If you resist him, he will flee from you. He sees you're not interested. He sees you're about Jesus Christ. He sees your eyes are on the cross. He sees that, and he will flee from you. Then he comes. the next verse, he says, come near to God, and he will come near to you. Come near to God. You have to make that decision to come near to him. Some of you have been Christians for years and years, but you're really not coming near to him. You need to come near to him, and he will come near to you. You want to have a close relationship with God? It's not about the church you're going to. People go to church and they say, well, I just don't feel like being closer to God. It's about your personal relationship with God. Your church should help enhance that. And if you're going and judging everything about the church, then you're going for the wrong reason. You need to go and participate in worship, participate in listening to God's word by the pastor or the leader or your Sunday school class. And you know, you say, well, it's not as interesting. Pull out those choice nuggets that are going to help you in your walk and not be so concerned about having the perfect place to be. I think many, many people who church shop and church hop 
are always looking for that perfect place, the perfect ideas, the perfect class, the perfect pastor, the perfect worship leader, the perfect youth leader. People, you can make a difference. You can step it up, and you need to do that, every single one of you. He goes on to say, wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. He said, well, that doesn't sound good. Well, he's trying to get you to get serious about your walk with God, serious about who you are in Jesus Christ. You say all these things. Yeah, I go to church every Sunday. Yeah, I listen to radio. In fact, I listen to Tom. Then I listen to Pastor Paul, and I go on. I listen to these other folks and this and that, and I, I do all these things. Folks, I'm glad you listened, but we have to take action. We have to be people of actions. He goes on to begin that he's admonishing these folks. He said, brothers, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother judges him. He speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and one judge, and the one who is able to save and destroy, but you who are you... Who are you to judge your neighbor? Well, folks, that's uh, that's exactly uh, what we need to think about. Who are we to judge your neighbor? We need to live in love and forgiveness. You know, as, as Paul wrote this, you know, uh, and they believe that, excuse me, I don't mean Paul, as James wrote this, they believe he was Jesus, you know, half-brother, according to Galatians 1.19. But he's written, you know, writing to the 12 tribes, meaning either the people of Israel who had become believers in Christ or the church in a symbolic sense, both Jewish and Gentile believers. He's writing to all these people. He's, he writes it to warn the believers some, some of the habits they've developed and to get over slander, get over pride, get over misuse of things, be obedient, be a witness for him. He wants us to stand on the promises of God and be firm in what we stand on. You know, uh, sometimes people think that, well, I just I can't be good enough to be a uh, a Christian. You know, it's not about being good enough. It's about believing that Jesus is the Son of the Living God, and that Jesus died for your sin, and Jesus rose again, and that you're going to have eternal life someday. When you walk with Jesus, you're going to want to do right. You're going to have the desire to live a godly life, a holy life. You're going to get rid of some of those habits you've had in the past. You're going to say, God, I'm going to walk with you today. And like I said many times, if you stumble, you know, if you stub your toe, what do you do when you stub your toe? Oh, if it bleeds, you put a bandage on it. Well, if you stub your toe spiritually, you know, put a bandage on it. Say, Jesus, forgive me, and he'll forgive you and, and keep going again and keep pressing forward. Don't let the enemy destroy you and take you down. Say, you can't do it. You can't live a holy life. You can't live a godly life. You're not good enough. Look at your past. You've done all these things. Folks, every one of us have scars. I got a terrible left knee. I have a scar on both sides of my left knee, one from a football game, one from a basketball game, uh, two major surgeries. The first one, I was in the hospital almost a week. The second one uh, is a couple days because it was in 92. The first one was in 74. But let me tell you, I got a swollen knee all the time. I feel it. I'm reminded of these scars. Every time I get off a low seat, it hurts. I remember the scars. But I know this. It's done. I'm not going to have those scars again because I'm not playing those sports. And, you know, God remembers your sin no more. You've sinned. You've given it to him. He doesn't remember that anymore. He just wants you to walk with him. Well, hey, thanks for listening today. May God bless you, lead you, 
as we walk with Him each and every day. LifePoint is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.